Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode of the Minds on Muscle podcast. Glenn and I are excited because today we are going to talk about your prospect journey. We're really going to explore the reality of something that you might personally be going through and trying to figure out what journey does your prospect go through before they think about making a purchase decision, before they enter into your world and stay with you forever so you can 2-3x your business. But more importantly, Glenn, how are you doing today, man? I'm very good. I'm excited to talk about this one. I think we, on the podcast, have talked about a whole bunch of different things as it pertains to, pertains to growing your in-person personal training business. And I think we're at a point now where we're starting to take some of these big ideas and concepts and starting to look at how they fit in, into the trainer's timeline is going to be really, really beneficial. So even if you haven't seen all of our other podcasts, don't worry about it. There's going to be a lot of relevant information for you. However, if you've been following us for a while, you're going to get to see a lot of how all this fits together maybe over the course of days, months, perhaps sometimes even years for some people. I think it's important to recognize that this episode is called Your Ideal Client's Journey. And the reason why that's really important is that your ideal client are going to have very specific journeys that are going to be different than someone that's just meeting you at Lululemon for the first time. Your ideal client, if you found a demographic and a psychographic that works really well for you, you will find that over time, several of these clients will have very similar journeys of how they discover you or how they think about to discover you. And once we can identify very similar roads of how someone gets from A to Z, it makes it easier for us to optimize that. So again, this is a bit of review. Go back and check out some of our episodes on client avatars because that's going to be super huge to make sure you know who you're speaking to. But Glenn, where do you think an important place would be to set off with this whole thing? Well, I, I think we look at the natural course or timeline of the prospect or the ideal client uh, avatar in this case. And the first place we want to think about is when does the thought first enter into your ideal target's brain that maybe they have a problem and it's costing them something and they don't like how it feels anymore. So there are going to be different we'll call them like temperatures almost of relationships, right? Super cold ones that you might have with a potential, uh, potential client, ones a little bit warmer than ones that are really, really hot. Chances are people that are cold leads or calmer, colder relationships, they might, they might have a problem, but they don't even know it or they don't see it as a problem. If you're like me and Brandon, and you're with people who have pain and discomfort and it's costing them quality of life, these people might be walking with a limp or they might have some discomfort, but they're like, oh, it's a part of life, it's aging, I got nothing to worry about here. We as the exercise professionals know that could be the first sign that something not good is gonna happen down the road. So to us, we can see that's, a, might be, might, you might wanna consider as a problem person, but they might not see that. And then the next step of that is these people start identifying, hey, maybe this hip pain I have, this discomfort, is, uh, is, is a little bit of a problem, but it's not a big one. I don't have to worry about it too much. It's a part of aging. Sure, it's costing me a little bit, but it's not too urgent. I'm not too worried about it. I'm not too frustrated about it. I'm not too angry. I'm not too insert emotional word here. And then we get to the big one, which is the ideal, <laughs> your ideal client prospect avatar. They've got a problem and now they're acutely aware this is costing me something. Maybe that hip has turned into, hip pain has turned to such discomfort that they can't bend down and do activities of daily living anymore. Maybe they can't play with their grandchildren and maybe that's frustrating or upsetting them. Maybe they can't even get up and down off the toilet without excruciating amounts of pain and they're recognizing, man, I gotta do something about this now. These are really the starting places for your ideal target audience and your ideal client avatar in terms of, are they maybe gonna buy your services or not? You know, it's interesting. I think you said something there that just kind of sparked a thought. And I think 
the longer and the larger the downfall that someone has with a mm. pain and or issue, I think it really is indicative of the value of the potential service that someone might provide. Like for example, if someone has a weight loss demographic, how many people are gaining body fat right now and continue to do so for several years? And then all of a sudden there is either a health concern or a level of insecurity that reaches such a high level that they decide this is the time to make a change in my life. Now the thing about that though is for that demographic, in most cases they start to do something and how many of you have worked with a weight loss client specifically and of the majority of those people, it is a short-term endeavor. They start doing it and then they leave. The value of the people that continue to leave, the value of what you provide service-wise and the value of them continuing that course, it's not lining up. And that's why they go back to the other life because the level of sacrifice and discomfort is not quite there. But I'll tell you what, if someone has a pain issue, an aging issue, a disease issue, like Glenn was saying, a hip issue, there's a lot of value there. And sometimes, and this is one thing we've seen here at Strata, we are coming up to our seventh year of business, like almost on the dot in eight days. Very excited about it. But we had a lot of people, even just actually this presentation that Glenn did, someone came in and she talked to me four or five years ago about issues she was having with her hip. And we talked about it and we spelled it out and she was very clear that she was concerned about X, Y, and Z things happening. And if she doesn't take care of it, she's going to slow down and not be able to play with her grandkids because they're getting older. And that problem, we decided on that day, was not the day to move forward on that. But we had that conversation. It's five years later and she's older. And you can imagine that thing has deteriorated a bit more. She's now had a few hip surgeries and she's further along that pain continuum. Not necessarily physical pain, but emotional pain. And now she's seen over five years that the trajectory of this thing, if she doesn't take action, is starting to go down a little bit more, a little bit more. So now we're in this interesting place where we're seeing a higher level of value for her because she's realizing this is going one direction. I have evidence that it's going this direction. Yes, that thing was expensive, but if I started that expensive thing five years ago, I'd be further ahead now, and now I can see the value of it. Not an optimal purchasing decision, but the truth is for this individual, this could be the time that they make a lifelong investment in exercise and resistance exercise. And I think it's really cool. And this is where for you, marketing and messaging has to be consistent at all times because it's for the right person at the right time. And that right time might not be today, but they need to consistently see they can trust you because you're there. I think this is really where the consistency in marketing becomes such an important thing. Um, because once the person or this ideal client of yours has identified that they've got an issue and more when they're in that warmer, hotter end of things, they're going to be consciously and subconsciously keeping an eye out for potential solutions to their problem, whether it's they start following Instagram pages or Facebook pages or YouTube pages of people that seem like they might know how to solve that problem for them, or when they're at a party or at a social gathering, they hear a friend talk about their personal trainer who they've had so much success with, and all of a sudden, maybe that curiosity would have, wouldn't have been peaked a year ago or six months ago or even a month ago, but because they've now transitioned to this place where this physical pain or emotional pain for them has gotten so bad and so terrifying for them that they're like, maybe I should start speaking to this person too. And this is one of the reasons why one of our pillars in the Fitness Pro Mentors uh, mentorship is consistency is because if you on all your different platforms are being seen with the same consistent message for the same kind of people, once that person hears it and they start seeing your social proof of the testimonies of people that are just like them, whether video or written, 
and they start seeing all the content you're creating, it feels like you're speaking to them directly in the manner they want to hear, using words that are at their level and communications that's at their level, and you're holding yourself in a confident way, and you're the right amount of charismatic that it resonates with them, that's going to help them know, like, and trust you. And even if it's, they don't, even if they see you and it's not the first time they see you, but they follow you for a couple months and then they realize, you know what, this is the right person for me. That's when you start getting some of those leads that come out of nowhere that we love to see start hitting home for us. So right now, your ideal client is out there and they're slowly moving from being cold, not ready to take action to like hot, like I need to get some help now. And the best thing that you can do is be consistent with your marketing that's targeted at them and all the different ways that I just discussed so that when they do see you next, they're like, I gotta call John. I gotta call Patty. I gotta call Marissa. I gotta call XYZ. That's really what it's about. This is where you have to be nurturing, but I would say also, like I think knowing your expertise product is gonna be such a critical decision to make sure that you get the right people and that the people who are on the journey find you. Um, you know, I, I, I wanna come back, I mean, thinking about those demographics, like we think about very broad demographics, like why do people hire personal trainers? Well, some people hire them for well-being, great. Some people hire them for motivation, also great. Uh, growing muscle, losing body fat, looking more muscular, which can be a combination in their mind of both. And then sometimes it's for aging aches and problems. Well, if you think about all those demographics and you're like, hey, listen, this trainer costs $200 an hour. I mean, as a $200 an hour trainer, do you think they're gonna be very, very successful at keeping long-term weight loss clients and muscle gaining clients? It's gonna be kind of tough because those people come with high levels of emotion when they first walk in, which is great, but things change over time. If we can find a way to be very nurturing to those people that have problems that aren't gonna go away, because most people kind of get it, right? How do people think of arthritis, right? They go to the doctor's office, like, you've got arthritis, right? The arthritis. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I've got the arthritis. And they get freaked out by that thing and it sucks. If we can be nurturing though, and very genuine and have something that really connects with these people and helps them with the arthritis and you become the person, when they're ready, they will find you. And I love that. I think it's just great. I might've gone on a tangent, but there, but I got excited. No, I mean, it makes sense because that's ultimately how I think a lot of people in finance at Strata, right? Is there are people that they come, it seem like they come out of nowhere, like out of the woodwork. And we're like, how did you hear or find us? And it's like the one person that referred me, the one client who had the, um, the, 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 the neurological brain uh, issue. And it was like, oh, I, I'd heard about you from someone else. I'd never been in there, but I heard you guys do good work. And you guys just seem to be the right fit for this person I had. Because you guys know how to exercise with people who have like issues that most people can't work with. And it's like, wow, like where do these people come from? But that's kind of like the long tail of the marketing that you developed you know, seven years ago when you first started putting together Strata. And now like myself, Chris, Eric, Lucy, and I know there's one more guy, I think Taylor. Is that the only one I didn't forget? But the rest of the team is now helping build towards, right? So like it makes total sense, right? It's like we're all kind of going the same direction and trying to help all these different people. So yeah, it's so important that we get all this stuff on the same page. So it's not tangential at all. It makes total sense. Well, this is also where doing a good job is really important. And I would say like, we focus a lot on the marketing because the marketing, the messaging will draw people in. But if your communication or your delivery or your actual physical fulfillment doesn't do the thing that you're saying it's going to do, you lose trust from people. 
I personally, I've gotten these, these incredible line of referrals. Right, a retired NHL guy who had a ton of problems, neurological problems, joint damage, and using exercise over five years, we built him up that he has almost no pain in his body and is still playing hockey, is still playing golf. His buddy, who had less severe problems, saw him and was like, you know what, I got these things and they're really annoying, but they're not like as bad as his, but I want to take care of these things. And so Doug comes in. And then Doug goes, you know what? This is really great. I'm actually feeling better. My wife's got some pretty bad stuff. Why don't I bring her in? So I've got three of these people in this same circle. Then two years later, post-COVID, their golfing buddy goes, my back's been killing me for three years. I think I got to stop playing. And they go, no, no, no. Go see this guy. And they invite Brent in. Brent's back stuff goes away. And then they invite Sean, who just showed up here two weeks ago. And so we have this, this circle of people that are all getting the same effect and the same results. And I'm very expensive, relatively speaking, in my small town for training and fitness. So is Glenn and so is Taylor. And they all come in and they are basically ready to make the purchase decision. And money is not the obstacle because they are here for one thing. They want to exercise and not hurt. And we built that trust up. So the thing is with the prospect journey, though, is it's just like you want a hamburger. Want a hamburger? Where do you go? I don't know. What kind of hamburger? There's so many different places. Well, where I do you? Know. What, what, I mean, where's the go-to place to get a hamburger? Oh boy. I mean, oof. I guess the the you know it's funny because the one place that sticks in my mind is McDonald's because they've been around for so long. They're very very consistent, and I can always rely on them to have it the same way the way I want it to have it done. See, this is the funny thing, right? You knew, and then this is the thing, and this is the trust that McDonald's is built. Everyone knows McDonald's is terrible for you. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows McDonald's has not good stuff in it. But you also know that if you go to McDonald's, you know you're going to get the same kind of hamburger every single time. So you have this trust of this crappy quality. You would almost rather, I would bet, go to McDonald's to know what you're going to get than go to something called a Fresh Burger, which is a brand new place that just opened up, even though they might have fresher, better products. Because most people are like, I want a hamburger. Do you gamble on the thing that you've never heard of before that has absolutely no reputation that could be better? Or do you go to the place that you've heard of a bunch of times and you know that might have lackluster quality? Now, what about if we could mix the two? What if you had that higher level quality and you could build trust up to know that you have the higher quality and quantity and consistency? And that's where you start to get the prospects on their journey finding you, right? Do you want a hamburger? I'm going to go to McDonald's. Why? It's crappy. Yeah, but I know what I'm going to get. Okay. No one knows what they're going to get with most trainers. It's a crab shoot. It's mm -hmm. the McDonald's and the fast food industry, right? What do most personal trainers do? They whistle blow. They make you do the same squats. Most trainers are wearing hats backwards with short shorts nowadays, posing and flexing while they're doing it, taking videos for Instagram. And in reality, it is creating distrust in the consumers. You need to be better. Anyway. Love it. So we started with these different levels of interest in solving the individual's problems, right? They, they've got some sort of pain, physical pain or emotional pain that's tied to something and they are either wanting to get it fixed now, thinking about it, or they know they gotta get it fixed. And now we're talking about how they see you and they found you. So let's say they found you and you're talking to them and they've come to meet you face to face. What happens next here? Well, when you think about yourself in a selling situation, how do you feel? Have you ever gone to buy a car before? Or have you ever gone to make a purchase from somebody? How do you feel? Now, if you're anything like me, my first thought is this person's gonna try to sell me something, especially if I don't know them very well. Most times, if you're gonna go buy a car, unless there's a particular car brand that you're infatuated with and you have a pre-existing relationship, which is not 
very many people, you're going into your car dealership and you're thinking, I want to get a car, but I want to be taken for a ride. I want to get the best price. I got to shop around. And what do you do? You go in there, you protect your information, right? You're playing it straight. You're stepping into a role. Quite often, if people are going to be coming to see you, if they don't know you that well, they could be in that same place where they acutely know, I'm going to sit down. This guy might try to sell me 20 sessions, 30 sessions, 40 sessions, and I got to be ready to fight back. Or if you've done your marketing correctly and you've been nurturing and you're confident in what you do and you've got a very ethical selling system, you might be able to have that client come in there and actually feel really, really comfortable sitting down and talking with you and being very open and discussing their problem. Because listen, this is, this is probably not gonna sound as a surprise to anybody. People who are emotionally charged with an issue and they want it gone, that's gonna change some ways in which they act and how they think, especially if they're going to a selling situation. So if you can be that personal trainer, that exercise professional, that every step of the way can make people feel comfortable, make them feel open, can nurture them along, show them how you can be the solution to their problem, what you can do is actually take somebody who might even come in a little bit more guarded, more reserved, more worried about what's gonna happen next and make them so, feel so comfortable and at peace that they give the information that you need to help them make a choice about whether you are a good fit or not. So there's a lot that really goes into this selling situation rather than trying to convince someone to buy, which is I think what we're all taught when we go to a lot of these big box gyms, at least that was my uh, experience too. How do I make this people feel, person feel so comfortable and how do I communicate with them at such a level that they are really articulate with what their pain is causing, their emotional pain, maybe tied to physical pain? And how do I now take that information and show them how my services and what I can do can be the exact solution they need to solving their problem? And how can we move together amicably so that everyone wins? Even in, I think, Glenn, you said something great there. I mean, and I think when you think of people you have to build so much trust that they, you said, give, they give you the information. Mm -hmm. I did a little video in the Fitness Pro Mentors group, if you're listening to this in the future, on three quick sales questions to help increase value. If you were thinking about how can you make sure that people feel comfortable to give you information, the best way you can do that is by asking better questions. Like that's just hands down asking better questions. If you want to nurture someone, make someone feel really good and really happy about talking to you, they're going to ask you questions. The most salesy, high-level executive person is going to be like, well, what do you do? Can you help me? You go, you know what? That's a great question. I would love to see if I can help you. I've helped people like you in the past, but I'm not quite sure. If you don't want me asking, what kind of things have you tried? What are you hoping I can do for you? And then once you start finding out these things, asking more questions is where you will build more value. And this will help the prospect along the journey because truth is, if you ask really good questions, you can pull them or they can take themselves rather from cold to warm to hot level interest. And this is where, honestly, if you look up, if you go to Google and you, you Google search Sandler pain funneling questions, you'll find a list of questions. And if you follow that list, you can get some very powerful information just by asking those questions strategically and softly. You got to get better at asking questions. And this is where, right? Because how many times have you had this, right? You're at a party and someone goes, hey, Glenn, Thanks for helping me. We're good friends. My friend over here has got some back pain. Can you tell them how you could help them? And you're like, son of a gun. Right? We're at a party. They've got drinks in their hand, and they want me to, to force the idea of what I do down their throat. Well, like Glenn was telling one of our clients, you can't paint yourself into their picture. 
And they go, well, yeah, well, Glenn, what can you do for me? And you go, that's a great question. I have no idea. I mean, if I could help you, what would you hope I could help you with? And then all of a sudden, that reverse and that question opens up a doorway. And those questions continue to go down the road. Because they might come in and they might be a cold, cold lead at the party with a beer in their hand, but then you can take them along. And that creates an opportunity for you to open doors. Opening doors, helping people. That's what it's all about. And I, I hope this goes without saying, but just in case it doesn't, uh, if you're not selling ethically, if you're worried about your paycheck and bottom line, and you're just trying to sell people packages because it's going to be easiest for you and maybe not in their best interest, that's going to come out pretty soon. And that actually kind of leads us into our you know, next part of our discussion here, which is a little bit more on the retention end of things. One of the biggest mistakes, I think, I mean, listen, retention's a huge thing. We've already done a whole podcast on this, so maybe we can touch on maybe some of the most important stuff here. Retention and your ability to continue that nurture and nurture that relationship and help people get towards their goals is essentially what they're paying you for. And there's so many things you can do to help increase retention. I think among the most important things is going to be a making sure that you're doing everything you can within your session, help and get them to where they want to go as ultimately as possible. And within that, there's going to be a lot of asking questions about how is this feeling? How have you been doing your homework? How has that been going? Asking questions to get more data and more information. And then based on what you think their biggest problems are and what they need to learn, educating them on that stuff. Education, education, education. Because, and we see this all the time uh, with some people that we coach in our program, if people come in and they see that your initial value is really high for what they're paying for, they're going to be happy to engage with you in a professional relationship. But over time, if your professionalism drops or you're not educating them or they're not learning something or you're not helping them solve new problems that come up as they continue to grow, your value goes down. And at the point where your value to them does not exceed what they're paying, they're gone. That's the end of it. Either you're getting ghosted or they're going to say, Glenn, this has been great, but I need to seek something else out now. This is what I need anymore. X, Y, Z thing. So when you're in your sessions there, educating them as much as you, as you can, as often as you can, asking more questions to see where they're at and trying to discover, are there any new pains that are coming up? Maybe their hip is doing really, really good now, which is what they came there to see you for. But now maybe it turns out they've also got some neck stuff, but they didn't really talk about their neck stuff too much before because the hip was the biggest thing. So now the hip is feeling good. We're moving on to the neck thing. And now that the neck thing is gone, they start talking about, well, you know what? I'm actually thinking about going on a vacation next year. I'm worried about my endurance. You know, I'm moving well in the hip. My neck is feeling pretty good. But now that I feel pretty good all over the place, can we improve my entire body's output so I can walk more on my trip to Europe? And you've got to figure out how to discover these things. So you have to continue nurturing your relationship. And honestly, this might be a great way to take a look at it. Just like how when you're together with someone that you're dating, maybe a significant other romantic interest for a long period of time, you have to keep recreating the spark. You have to keep trying, experimenting, and doing new things that keep the relationship interesting. The way you do that in a professional relationship is finding out what the biggest issue is right now and creating a plan and educating around that so you solve that problem. And it's a continuous cycle of that over and over and over and over. There's uh, two words, you know, and... Glenn's right. The education is a really big part of it. But I would say that anyone that's listening to this, be careful of accidentally going in the rabbit hole of like t- just teaching your client in the mm-hmm. entire session. Like you have to be a formidable educator, formidable communicator to share ideas that educate the client to make better decisions. Right. But it comes down, I mean, there are two things, and these are Tom Purvis isms for sure. What really keeps people around, like the two, two things, the value curve that Glenn talked about is true, the education is true, but there are really two things. One is the experience. 
And then the second are the results. And the experience needs to change based off of the individual. Now, what you can do is you can try to figure out of your demographics, if you've got 20 people and three people like joking around and then the rest are no nonsense CEO people, well, you can figure out that the majority of your folks are going to be and the people who are that 70% are the majority. So you can try to channel your experience to cater to that of the quick, short-term, no-nonsense, get-to-the-point CEO type. But then you also recognize that some of the people like the familiarity, the joking, and the rapport continuum that's built there. But also recognizing that that experience has to be chameleoned to the individual. It has to be. And that experience has to extend for years and years and years. Let's say, in my opinion, one of my strengths is retention. I can keep... My schedule is very full from people who've been with me for a long time that I actually have to take a second to figure out. I don't remember, which is great. And part of that is because the experience they get here is consistent with me. I can meet them where they're at every single day. I know how to ask questions to relate to them on the given day. I'm also forecasting problems that they might have. Like most people, if they have hip and there are uh, hip arthritis, there are a myriad of conversations that come up around long-term health, hip replacements, and all that kind of stuff. And so once you have that and you can make sure the experience lines up with them, then you can make sure the results and the expectations of the results are clearly orchestrated. And why that's important is one, the results need to be there because if people are not feeling measurable changes in some way based off of what they can do, they're going to leave. Like they're just not going to, they're going to find someone who can do it or be disappointed and be like, well, that was just all marketing, right? Or you accidentally educated them on an idea that they misinterpreted, like that you're going to make the pain of the arthritis go away. And that's almost worse. This is where clear expectations up front and you modifying the conversation as you go is very important. Brandon, I just got told I've got arthritis on my hip. I'm going to need a hip replacement. Can you help with that? Great question. When you say help, what are you hoping I can do? Well, I'm wondering if we can make that pain go away. Honestly, I got to be straight up. That arthritis is going to probably have sensations indefinitely to some degree. But what we can do is we can build up the strength around it and we can build up the strength near it to make sure it has the highest amount of support. We can make sure the shock absorption of the muscles is adequate for the missing structure. We can build the stability and the strength up and we can slow down deterioration and wear and aging of it as fast as possible. If it still hurts a little bit, but it's a lot stronger and you can keep doing the stuff you like to do, would that be a win for you? And all of a sudden that sets up the next steps of the conversation. Yes or no. If they say no, then we have to talk. If they say yes, you're good to go. But this retention comes down to that. Can you make sure that your experience is consistent for them? When they walk in the door, they know they're not going to accidentally get a hungover Glenn or Brandon. They know that you're not going to be just talking about a grandmother. It's not going to be just hear you talk about your favorite Avenger, right? Or sometimes you might. But the truth is that experience, it needs to be clear to that individual. I got nothing else, Brandon. I mean, here's the thing. We could talk about each and every single one of these things, I think, under a microscope for probably at least an hour each, right? But this isn't essentially your, your client's journey. Is They're going to go from a place where they have no clue that what they got is even a problem to a place where they're working with you and they love and they want to keep working with you because they can't imagine their life without you because of the results you provide and the experience they get when they're there with you. And it's your job to understand each leg of this journey so you can understand how to communicate, how to create content, how to interact, how to interview motivationally, all this different stuff 
You have to understand where your clients at in each one of these parts of the journey so you can be with them at their level. Because at the end of the day, if you can really honestly, truly understand exactly where your clients are at every single step of the way, and you've got the technical skills to meet them there, you're gonna be an amazing trainer. You're never not gonna be busy. A lot of what we talk about in the FPM program is helping people get to those places where it's like understanding that the difference between using range of motion and this is how your arm moves, right? is such a small thing. But for somebody who's not exercise savvy and they've never stepped in a gym before, saying, hey, we're gonna help you improve your range of motion might not mean anything to them. But if you say to them, hey, I know you've got issues moving your arm up overhead and we're gonna help you improve how far you can do that, all of a sudden, you're on their level. So making what you can do and communicating that to the people in all the different ways that you can um, through every different level of the relationship as it moves along this timeline is how you're gonna get really, really busy. And that's kind of what we teach in the FPM program. Listen, one of our students just messaged me this morning that they had their highest grossing month ever last month. And honestly, I love hearing things like that. It just gets me super excited. Two of our other students are looking at opening facilities. I mean, honestly, you can do whatever you want. And we're trying to do everything we can to help you out. Listen, if you're a trainer and you want to just make more money, get first 10, 15K a month, you want to open your own studio, send me a message and I'd love to see if I can help you out because I'd love to help some of you with some personalized feedback around your website or your social media content to see what you're doing wrong and we can make a change there because some small changes right off the bat that can help you out. I love it. But Glenn, what's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week, this is a tough one, but I'm going to say it's going to be an interesting one. I don't think we've talked about this too much, but it's going to be um, uh, sales and communication role play. I think that there are a lot of great people out there who are very, really well gifted technically, but what they struggle with is how they communicate in their role as exercise professional, either with current clients or potential prospects. And I think that, especially if you're very nomadic, like you're, you run your own business, like you're a solopreneur, it can be very hard to find time to role play conversations with other people unless you actively go out there and seek them. Or even if you're a new exercise professional, that might not be one of the things that you think about doing too often. You might be so enamored with just getting the technical stuff down pat, which you should, that you often forget about how am I communicating these principles. So I think there's something to be said about role playing back and forth with somebody how is this communication sounding? We do this at Strata a fair bit, I think. We even did this in our last uh, internal meeting where you said, like, Glenn, you know, I say, hey, Glenn, how much are you? Um, I hear you can help with pain discomfort. You know, what's your price point? And we role played what that would look like. And even if just after five or ten minutes, we were even able to tighten up what I was doing a little bit more despite having done that for the past 5, 10, 15 years of my career as an exercise professional. So I'm going to really suggest that if you are someone where you think, communication is something you can improve, look for someone else who also wants to grow and start role playing back and forth and ask yourself like, am, the way am I communicating right now with someone who's never heard of me before, doesn't even know what exercise is, are they gonna benefit or are they gonna understand what I do or are they gonna feel comfortable and feel warm and friendly with me the way I'm communicating and do that back and forth because it's great to learn information but as the great Sandler said, you can't learn to ride a bike in a seminar. You gotta go in and practice a lot of this stuff before it becomes really crystal clear in your repertoire of skills. Gotta practice it in a big, big way, for sure. Yeah. Brand, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Your pick of the week is the? So I'm, I'm gonna pick our new machine, but I wanna explain why. Um, one of the things that I've been really excited about and huge kudos to Charlie McMillan and Jacques H. Newell Taylor for kind of pushing me and making me think about things differently and the Evan Pycon episode, which second pick of the week, the episode I did with Evan Pycon and Jacques just on 
uh, the beginning of August. Absolutely incredible. It's really, really great. I was out of my wheelhouse because those guys are super brilliant, but there's some really cool stuff that Evan's working on that will be revolutionary, and we will be bringing into this gym, and I'm super excited about it. But assessment data and collecting data that helps you and also gives the client experience is something that's super important to me. I'm trying to get away from relying on just range of motion and flexibility assessments and try and get more physical, personal training style assessments that feel good and the clients get it. We recently just got a new Kaiser Functional Trainer. It has a peak force measurement and then a percentage of peak force measurement right beside it. And I got to say, like, it's just been even playing around with it. We got it just on Thursday and it's Wednesday, uh, Tuesday now, it's only been on the gym floor for four days. It's already been game changing for a lot of clients because one, they can see how much force they're producing in a, in a controlled setting from one side to the other. They can see their peak force from one side to the other. And then as they start to fatigue, they can in real time see the percentage difference from how strong they were to where it drops. It was incredible. I actually had an NHL, this NHL guy I spoke about earlier in this podcast. We were working on his trunk rotation and he was feeling something weird in his back. We did some potentiation exercise. It felt a lot better. I said, hey, let's try something out here. Here's a weight. We're going to do 20 reps on each side. Go as hard as you can on each side. We'll make sure you catch your breath so that's not an issue. And let's see how you do. He was so tuned up and so perfectly strong in his case that he produced the same amount of force on both sides within 90% of all 40 repetitions, 20 and 20. It just blew my mind. And so you can see some really cool stuff with it. So if you have access to Kaiser pneumatic machines with the peak force measurement, I mean, absolutely game changing. I love it. And I plan on using it a heck of a lot more and uh, trying to find a way to sneak it into our assessment process a bit more. So it's going to be super cool. You know, it would be an interesting podcast episode would be um, discussing like how, how you use different metrics to assess. Not like, I mean, there's so many different metrics you can use across like obviously muscle gain, fat loss, what we do for pain management, but like, making sense of data just from like a, a thinking about it way might be like an interesting podcast at some point. Going to be honest to everyone that's listening to this, I am right now learning more about uh, just different types of adaptations and then the different cycles that skeletal muscle go through and different rep ranges and things like things that might be somewhat basic, but trying to learn about different program design around that. And then we can figure out assessments for that. And then once we have some confidence there, then we'll definitely do an episode like that because that'd be great. That sounds like a lot of fun. Everybody, this has been another episode of the Minds on Muscle Show podcast. I love talking about this stuff, and we love talking about this stuff. And so if you're ever looking for some help, two to three time your in-person personal training business, you've been thinking about it, but now you're at the point where, like, I love doing the training thing, and I want to make it a career, but I'm having a hard time figuring out how to get more people into my world, give us a shout. We'd be happy to sit down with you for 45 minutes, an hour, figure out what you need to do and see what there is for you. Just want to help some people out here. So if you ever want to take us up on that, shoot us a message. We'd be happy to take you on. And don't believe us. Look at our social proofs. We've got a bunch of people who are crushing it. Check out our Instagram. Check out everything because we got people who are doing what you want to do and you can do it too. Have a wonderful everyone. Two, three extra business. Let's make it rain. Take care, everybody.